Welcome to the Vineyard Church Message of the Week. We hope you enjoy this message. For more information on this podcast or other resources, go to vineyardlive.us. To learn more about us, go to thevineyardchurch.us. I always wanted to be a king. Let me repeat that, just so you heard it. I always wanted to be a king. Let me give you the backstory. I'm a farm kid, often worked in the fields, had long hours by myself, worked with the animals. I'd make up stories, and I'd tell myself I was going to be a great general or a great president or a great businessman. But my favorite story was I'd be a great king. I often read the stories of the Israel, uh, Israelite and Judean kings from the Old Testament. I just loved reading them. I thought, boy, I could do this job really well. That would be a great job for me. In fact, it was kind of like a boy Cinderella story, coming from almost nothing to something of great significance. Now, unless you think I'm nuts, this is a little bit legitimate because in Genesis chapter 1, it says the Father created things, God created things. He gave it to man, and he said, uh, govern it oversee it, have dominion. That sounds a little bit like ruling and being a king. Remember, our God is a king. So I thought, well, I'm just taking after him. Well, having said that, I decided I better make a plan to be king. I had a good one. 1966, I'm getting ready to graduate from high school, and I wanted to get away from my family and God and all that stuff. So I'm coming to the University of Illinois. He can't find me there. There's 40,000 students. He will ignore me because he's been my biggest problem for all my life. He's caused all kinds of problems in my life. And I thought, if I could get away, it would be really good. I thought, if I get a degree, I'll be rich, I'll be powerful, I'll, I'll have control and everything. It was all about me. Well, God, at the same time, is working on another plan, and this one comes through my dad. And by the way, those of you men that are fathers, I want to speak to you just a moment. The words you speak to your kids have incredible meaning. The story I'm about to tell you about my dad has lived with me all these 72 years. So basically, here's what they did. My mom and dad called me into the living room just before I graduated from high school, and they said, hey, listen, son, we... We know you're going on to college, and we don't have any money. We, we're barely making it ourselves. We can't give you any money, but we have a Bible for you. I kind of groaned under the surface, and my dad said, in the front of this Bible, I wrote down Matthew 6.33. It says, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and everything will be added. And then he said, I wrote another line. He said, in these pages, you'll find everything you need for life. Well, you can imagine a kid running away from God, is told there's no money to go to college, and he gets the Bible. Like, I thought, what in the world? This is really bad day for me. <laughs> However, in the next 12 years, I found out what the kingdom of God was about. 46 years later, I found out what righteousness was really about, and a new paradigm entered my life. I've never been the same since that happened to me. And when I talk about a paradigm, what really happened? Well, this is it. I learned that Jesus was the king of kings. He was the one that we all get excited about. In fact, in the Passion Translation, Revelation 19, 16, it says, the king of kings and lord of lords. I fell in love with him. He transformed my life. I began to see that Jesus Christ, who'd arrived 2,000 years ago, 
was my answer to what I was looking for. And I didn't understand it. It was completely different. But this Jesus starts his public ministry with a statement in Mark 1.15 that goes like this. The time is fulfilled. The kingdom of God is at hand. Or some translators say it's here or it's near. Repent and believe the gospel. In other words, he says, change your thinking. I've just given a whole new way of life to planet Earth. Think differently. It's a brand new day. When I say kingdom of God, I'm talking about the rule and reign of Jesus Christ coming among mankind. It was the dream of the Old Testament people that someday God would walk among them. When Jesus came the first time, he starts it. You know, I've learned something through the years. There's a a statement out there that if you want to change your life a little bit, change your behavior. If you want to change your life a lot, change your paradigm. Well, I had a brand new paradigm. I didn't even know there was a king or a kingdom. And suddenly, I'm beginning to live in it. So God's rule is here, and it makes all the difference. It began to impact me. And I just have spent years digging through this. I had a a significant thing happen in 2012 that really propelled me on. I'd gotten a little book. Here's a, a uh, a picture, it's the actual book. You can see the picture there on the, on the screen. It's called The Cure. And if you look at the snake through there, it could say The Curse. And I read this book and I thought, that's interesting, but what changed my life was the subtitle. Who gets changed by a subtitle? It said, what if God isn't who you think he is and neither are you? Oh, wait a minute, I've been a pastor for years. I, I don't dare really change my mind about God because I've told you everything I know. I've trained you well. It couldn't be anything different than what I know. But I thought, you know, maybe I better look into this. So as I started looking, God said, I want you to answer two questions. They come from the events of the Apostle Paul on the way to Damascus. You know, he's struck down, and and God starts talking to him. And the two questions are, who is God, and who am I? I thought I knew both of them. But as I began to look, I began to say, okay, who are you, God? I realized I had some degree of relationship with him, but I didn't understand fully what he wanted out of me and where he was taking me. Through it, I began to understand God was really bigger, better, and more beautiful than I dreamed. When I say bigger, I began to read verses like, all things are in Christ. Do you ever stop thinking that if all things are in Christ, the universe, which is expanding on an everyday basis, is in Christ? I thought, wait a minute. God's a little bigger than eight foot tall, 10,000 years old, and smarter than wiser than the rest of us. I began to expand just how big he was and, and, and how much he uh, had under his control. And then I began to look at how, how much uh, better he was. And I looked at the cross and I said, wow, the death, the burial, the resurrection of Christ was so spectacular. It was a smashing success. They're still celebrating in heaven. They're having a party every day about that whole thing. And I thought... Out of that came the new covenant. New covenant's the most amazing thing in the world. It, it, it's the, integrated with the, the coming of the kingdom. And it's like, wow. And then I began to think how much more beautiful Christ was than I'd ever seen. And I realized how much he loved me and how much he cared about me. And I began to realize, wait a minute here. I've just really, really got to spend the rest of my life seeing him as bigger, better, and more beautiful every week. And I challenge you every week. Has Christ become that in your life?
But then I went on to the second question, and I, I'm thinking, you know, I can't answer the second question until I know the first question. See, the whole world gets in trouble because they're always trying to say, who am I? Well, find out who God is, and you'll begin to understand who you are. But I began to realize that as a righteous, holy son, for those of you women, your daughters are the most high king. Our sins have been forgiven and our life has been totally transformed. We're seated in heavenly places with Christ Jesus. We're joint heirs. You know, whatever he has, we have. He's a king. We've been made kings. We'll talk more about that as we go along, but we're, we're on the inside. That's why I can say I'm his favorite son, and I hope you can look right now and say I'm his favorite too. You see, the same verse that promises me reigning in life is for you. Romans 5, 17 says, by the abundance of grace and the free gift of righteousness, we reign in life here in this, in, in this world. I'm thinking, wow, I, I'm transformed. Here's what I became to understand. Jesus is king and so am I. And so are you. Let me say again. Jesus is king and so are we. Right now, right here, his presence is among us. Let me read out of New King James Version, Revelation chapter 1, verses 5 and 6. From Christ Jesus, the faithful witness, the firstborn from the dead, the ruler over the kings of the earth, to him who loved us and washed us from our sins in his own blood, he made us kings and priests. Kings and priests. To his Father, to his God and Father, to him be the glory and dominion forever and ever. Amen. Okay, now most of us, if I said you're a priest of the Most High, you'd say, yeah, I, I know. We're the priesthood of the believers. We're to serve, love people, be nice to people. That's all well and good. But if I also said you're a king, most of you pull back. See, we're willing to accept the priestly side, but we haven't accepted the kingly side. That gets us into a little bit of trouble because we're not talking about being king someday when we go to heaven. We're talking about being king here on planet Earth, walking in the fullness that all God has for us and watching what happens. And it's an exciting journey. So we're in a series, as they said in the introduction, about essentials, what matters most now. And we looked at two things so far. We looked at the church. The church is absolutely essential if you are going to have any kind of fellowship here on planet Earth. In fact, there are 600 vineyards in America. This church was built on it, the 600 vineyards, the 2,500 vineyards outside of the country. We, we think the church is the people of God, the citizens of the kingdom who are advancing the kingdom into the full expression of what it's supposed to be. Jesus said, I will build the church and nothing can stop it. So the church is the one element that God sent to establish his plan and purpose. Second of all, last week Diane talked about the Bible and said just how important the Bible is for relationship, understanding, wisdom for how we live, and all those good things. Today we're going to talk about the kingdom and why it's so important and what it means for us. It is absolutely essential. It matters more today than any time I've ever seen, and that's probably going to be true every day. It's going to matter more and more. So, when I talk about the kingdom, you've often heard me say, when Jesus came, John 10, 10, he said, I come for abundant life. Satan kills, steals, and destroys. Now, if you watch the media, read the uh, paper, watch uh, anything online, the news, on TV, who's it look like is winning? It looks to me like sin, sickness, and poverty, the very things Jesus came to knock out, have the upper hand right now. So what's going on? What's happening? 
The whole world seems to be uh, reeling in, in just fear and selfishness, and everybody's after something. Well, the kingdom matters how we live as king's kids, how we interact on a daily basis, how we touch the lives of others. See, I, I have never seen people so fearful in my life as I've seen in the last year. I, I'm, I'm actually stunned. And I'm not so surprised when the world feels that way, but I'm really sad when I see Christians full of fear. It's like, wait a minute, perfect love casts out fear. And yet fear is running rampant. And so I realize lots of people aren't very excited about God and his kingdom. See, do you realize that God's kingdom is breaking in? It's getting bigger every day, and yet we're fearful. We're acting like it's impossible it could be. In fact, sometimes I think we don't even trust the Father to have this thing in control. And we have a picture of the Father and the Son sitting up in heaven looking at each other and saying, what are we going to do? This thing's out of control. Uh, I don't think they're worried. I think they've got things under control. They know what's happening. But how do we interact with others? How do we touch others? You see, we are destined to advance the kingdom with Jesus Christ. He's the great king. We're the lesser kings. But as kings, we have a co-regency or co-kingship, if you will. I made those words up. I'm not sure they're real. But um, in, the, in the Old Testament, you'd often see an older king put one of his sons in, and they, they ruled together. That's what's happening right here. We're working together. Power and authority flow throughout. See, kingship... And power and authority go together, much more than priest and power and authority. Power and authority, which is what we need right now, flows on the side of kings. It comes in us, through us, to speak the words of Jesus and do the works of Jesus. It, it makes a huge, huge difference. Same works, he does them through us. Now, as I said, it doesn't look like it. But if you will pay attention, the kingdom is breaking in everywhere. We just have to have eyes to see it. And that's one of the things I hope to have you do. But, you know, sometimes I think we don't even know that we're supposed to operate in authority and power. We don't understand that we're supposed to be kings and, and having a wonderful time of, uh, of walking in the fullness of, of everything. Other people think that it's all about one hour of worship. If I do one hour on a week, a week, that will get me where I want to go. No, this is your life. This is a 24-7, 365. It, it has to do with putting our time and energy into the kingdom versus social issues, governmental issues, politics. I'm not against having a, an opinion on things. I'm opposed to us putting more energy into worldly things than into godly things. And it pulls us away from what our real focus is supposed to be. Others of us were like me as a kid trying to make ourselves king. God has a plan. But if you're confused right now, don't feel too bad. I'll tell you why. John the Baptist was the cousin of Jesus. He was thoroughly confused. Remember John the Baptist, that wild guy living out in the desert, wearing funny clothes, eating locusts? If you've ever watched people eat locusts, it's a mess. Um, I don't recommend it. John's parents were elderly. They were barren. It's one of the great barren stories of the Bible that they had this baby in their later years, becomes John the Baptist. Powerful ministry. He's announcing Christ. He has many followers. He does something I'm not sure he was supposed to do. He starts picking on the government and tells King Herod he's living in a bad way. He ends up in jail. So John the Baptist in jail is confused. And he has some real questions. Now remember, this is the guy that in John chapter 1 said, that's Jesus. 
He didn't call him Jesus as such. He called him the Messiah. He said, that's the Lamb of God. That's the one who takes away the sin of the world. Now he's in jail and he doesn't know what he believes. So he says, his disciples go and ask Jesus in Matthew 11, verse 2 and 3, are you the Messiah we've been expecting or should we keep looking for somebody else? Wow, that's a long way from his confident position he was a little while ago. See, he's basically saying, are you really the king? You're not acting like King David and kicking the Romans out. The Romans ruled the land of Israel in those days. He says, why am I in jail? Why aren't you doing something? Do you notice, I'm going to jump off my notes here for a minute, but did you notice Jesus never once took on the Roman government and they were a nasty bunch? They didn't believe in any social, any issues. They just did what they wanted to do, and everybody, they were basically slaves to a very powerful nation. Jesus didn't focus his attention on earthly governments. He focused it on the heavenly government. So Jesus comes back, and he responds, and he says, go back and tell John what you've heard and seen. Two key words, heard and seen. The kingdom is always two parts, proclamation, demonstration what you hear in words, what you see happening. And look what he says. The blind see, the lame walk, lepers are healed, the deaf hear, dead are raised, and the good news is shared. The good news, the inbreaking of the kingdom, it's a new day, a new and living way is here, but there's signs and wonders following. That's powerful. Uh, you, you don't get any better than that. He said, blessed are those uh, the blessing of heaven comes on those who never lose faith in me no matter what happens. See, even when it doesn't look like we're winning, we're winning because we're on the side of Jesus. Now, just stop for a minute here. Jesus and John the Baptist are talking about two different things. No wonder they're asking different questions and saying different things. John the Baptist is talking about a political earthly realm. Jesus is talking about a heavenly spiritual realm. Remember the Lord's Prayer? It starts something like this, depending on your translation. Uh, you know, our, our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Then what comes? May your kingdom come. What kingdom are they talking about? The kingdom of heaven coming to earth. See, it's the presence of God. The enemy that we are displacing, that Jesus displaced, is not earthly powers, it's Satan. Now listen real closely. It's not the Republicans, it's not the Democrats, it's not Antifa, and it's not white supremacists. But we all get our uh, dander up thinking, if we'd just get rid of this group or that group, we'd have a good world. No, if we'd get rid of Satan, who's behind all the evil of anybody, we would then be displacing the kingdom of darkness. See, we're focused on the wrong targets. It's no wonder we're somewhat the laughing stock of the world. We, we have an enemy. Jesus came after the enemy. It wasn't the Roman government. It wasn't the Caesar that was in charge. It was Satan. He displaced Satan and as such set us free. Well, people are just as confused today as we were back then, aren't we? You know, the answer is obvious. We still don't fully understand what's going on. There's an aspect of the kingdom. We've talked about this, but people forget it from time to time. There's what we call the already, not yet of the kingdom. You see, the kingdom began to break in when Jesus came. It'll be fully uh, consummated, if you will, when, it, when Jesus comes a second time. But between that time, we live in that tension of two sides are warring. Now stop and think. When one enemy or one group comes in to displace the other one, 
they oppose each other. There's fighting. There's warfare. See, we have authority in Jesus' name to take action. That speaks of our kingly side. Kings have authority and power. They take on lions and bears and giants. Remember that little guy that took on lions, bears, and giants? He became king. That's what we're to do, take on lions, bears, and giants. We make things change. We're to be advertisements of the future, and I don't mean simply people that walk around complaining, protesting, being negative, and being confused. I mean people that are confident, walking in righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. Which one feels like an advertisement of the future to you? Which one are you? How you doing? How's your little checklist? See, we're the present. We're we're bringing the presence of the future into the present age. We are bringing heaven to earth, and it's a war. But I I have good news. I love to know the end of stories before I get there. My wife gets furious at me. She'll say, let's watch the movie. I say, does it end well? I, I love to know how it ends. That way I get to see how they build up to how it works. She says that's not the right way, but... I don't care. Uh, For instance, I won't watch Braveheart with you because I love the movie until it doesn't end well. So I know it ends well, and we win. So there. I like that, and I think it's helpful for all of us to just simply live that way. Now let's apply a few of these things I've shared because there's so much to the kingdom. There's books written on the kingdom. Every major theology that's going anywhere is always based on the kingdom of God. But you need to decide where you're going to focus. Are you going to focus on the heavenly kingdom or the earthly kingdom? I see way too many Christians that have forgotten the heavenly kingdom and have spent way too much time on the earthly kingdom. See, we can have temporary solutions in the earthly kingdom, but we can't change the hearts of men and women. We we, we can put Band-Aids on and make it look good. We can make people feel good, but we can't transform the evil out of hearts. Only the spiritual kingdom can do that. You know, it actually says that we have the choice to live as kings. 1 John 4, 17 says this, we live like Jesus Christ here in this world. How did he live? Priest and king. He did them both. That's how we're to live. Second of all, choose who you're going to partner with. There's only one partner I'm going to choose, and that's the Holy Spirit. He's going to work in me, through me, uh, with me. He's everything. He's going to be there every day, everywhere I go, everything I do. He's going to give me power, work with me. He promises never to leave me, even on a bad day, and even when it looks like God took a vacation. Any of you felt like God's missing today? He's AWOL and like, God, I need you. The Holy Spirit said he's staying no matter what. Third, concentrate on these things. Our mission is to continue the mission of Christ. Speak his words, do his works, live his way, do the wonders that he did. When you get done with that, I give you permission to jump over and do anything else you want. Okay? It's just real simple. I'm occupied. I have a lot to do. I'm bringing heaven to earth. By the way, some of you say, I'd sure like to be a lot better at working on that, demonstrating. I have a perfect solution for you. We have this little thing called the School of Kingdom Ministry. Sockham, for those of you who know anything about it, I've taken it five times. I intend to keep taking it every year of my life. Why? I want to learn how to do this stuff, and it's something you can learn. There's information at at the Sullivan for you down there. There's information here at Urbana. Call the church office. Email me. I'll send it on to the right people. It's absolutely vital that we train people to do God's stuff. All right, let me summarize real quickly. 
the king in the kingdom of here. Jesus is the king of kings, and we're little kings under him, but we're still kings. And I don't care how little a king it is to be a king under the big king. That's a pretty good deal in my book. Second of all, we've been made kings and priests. Most of you know more about being a priest than you do about being a king. Take some time, learn about being a king, and start living it. To be a king, learn who God is, learn who you are, and then be confident in your kingly role. Here's the bottom line. I actually made it to become a king, and so did you, but we had to do it God's way. Sounds pretty good to me. Hey, I got a couple of assignments I want you to do. Every day for the next two, three weeks, I want you to pray Lord, let your kingdom come. Just pray that every morning. We want your kingdom to break in. Number two, I want you to, somewhere on your phone or paper, whatever you use, write down who God is and who you are. Date it. I want to see if a year from now you have the same view of who God is and who you are. And third, ask the Holy Spirit every morning, I want to partner with you. What are we doing today? What can I play with in the kingdom to help advance this whole great mission of Jesus Christ. I think you can do it. Let's pray. Father, in Jesus' name, you're the best. You teach us about the kingdom. You give us good things. You bring us to the brink of showing us amazing, amazing things. Lord, I'm praying that you really do bring your kingdom powerfully right into the lives of each of us listening, and we have a very, very good experience walking with you. Lord, thank you for these blessings Just take us way beyond what we could ask or imagine. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for listening to the message today. To experience more powerful messages, go to vineyardlive.us or join our Vineyard Live Plus community to view conferences, trainings, and special teachings.